Um, let's talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. It's, it was weird. I haven't prepared for a, a standalone message in a long, long time. We get, we get, do we do series here, and, and I love the way series tie together. We can match them up on Sunday and Wednesday nights. When it comes to doing just a standalone message, it's like, that's a lot of stuff to talk about in one night. I can't, you know. Now, if anybody could get six weeks worth of stuff in one night, it would be me. But um, y'all would understand a word that I said. So I will, uh, I will not try to do that. But uh, tonight, God kind of put it on my heart, and I, 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 lear- I learned a lesson um, when you're um, and when you're preparing a message, I was sitting there, I was thinking, what should I talk about? So I was asking him, I said, what would you like to hear about on a Wednesday night? My, Amy's my wife. Um, she's at a conference in Dallas tonight, so um, call her and tell her you missed her. No, but um, I, will, I will, but we don't, I'm, if you don't want to um, teach on it, don't ask your wife what to teach on. Because um, God speaks to your wives, if you, if you don't know that. And so she, you should talk about trust. And I'm like, that's a pretty good topic. And so I'm thinking, well, should I talk about trust? Because that, that, that could go all different directions. And, of course, then I was up all night. Praying about trust. And so, yeah, so um, if you're really not serious about um, taking the word, don't, don't ask him. But um, so God, God, God began dealing with me about um, trust. So I said, well, if, if there is something to this trust thing, well, what is it all about? And so he began, he began revealing to me that trust and faith are two different things. Now, are they, are they very closely intertwined? Absolutely. But we've got to understand that some of us have, have trusted God for things, and some of us have had faith in God for things, and some of us have allowed our faith to accomplish certain things, but some of us have faith for certain things and, not tr- and can't trust God in others. And so we're going to talk about all this stuff as, as we go, but I want to um, encourage, encourage you um, in, those, in those areas that you need to let go of. You know, that takes a great deal of trust. You know, and the, we, like we talked about a little bit ago, sometimes we feel like we've, we deserve those scars, we deserve those hurts because, you know what, we did this, we did that, or we, we did, that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Well, it takes a lot of trust sometimes to to release those things, but I can promise you, if you'll trust God and let go of everything in your life, and let Him and let Him pick it back up and put it back in your arms the way it's supposed to be, um, just like Moses did at the burning bush, you'll begin to experience a lot of a lot of blessing from God when you learn to l- let those things let those things rest. So, um, if you want to turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter number twenty-six, we'll read that scripture. That'll be kind of the one we we kick off and come back to here in a little bit. But um, as you're getting there, I'm going to talk about trust for a second. And um, I I looked up trust in like good old-fashioned just regular dictionaries and I looked up trust in a Bible dictionary and it's two completely different things in a lot of ways so um, trust according to the Bible dictionary says it's an assured resting I, I love I love that term an assured resting you know, I, if there's areas of, in your life that you're lacking peace or lacking rest it may be a, because of a lack of trust you know if, if there's if there's an area in your life where you just can't experience God's peace where you're just not experiencing his goodness you're not experiencing his, 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 his peace and his rest in a way that you should be, see if you're trusting him with that area. A lot of times we, we, we grab a hold of things, whether they be financial issues or marriage issues or kid issues or, or um, we're, we, we don't have joy in a certain way. Well, make sure you're trusting God in that area. Make sure you've released that area to him because he can do a whole lot more with it than what we ever could. So trust is an, is an assured resting of the mind on the integrity, veracity, or truthfulness, uh, justice, friendship, or other sound principle of another person confidence it's confidence or reliance and so when you when you when it comes to trusting when it comes we got we got to understand the one the one that we trust in of course is is our father god and so is there an assured resting when in your mind when it comes to when it comes to um the things in your life and you release them over to god so if you're in isaiah 26 verse 3 it says you keep him in perfect peace that sounds good doesn't it i don't know i don't know about you but I, I love perfect peace in my life it's not always there but i i strive for it to be you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. And we love to quote that part, but then it goes on to say in that same verse, because he trusts you. And so, if there's a lack of peace, make sure there's not a lack of trust. Sometimes there's a lack of peace simply because the Holy Spirit's trying to um, 
guide you a certain way. You know, we always, we always, when you're being following leading the Holy Spirit, a lot of times, if you don't feel peace in a certain way, you don't, you don't go that way. But if there's just a lack of peace about something, it's probably an area that you haven't turned over to him and, and, and allowed him to have. So a lack of trust a lot of times leads to a lack of peace. And here, here, here's the character. Trust is rooted in truth. So you will not trust someone if you cannot verify that what they say is truthful. You know, and immediately what comes, what comes to mind is, is politics. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bashing leadership in any kind of way, shape, or form, but so many times whenever, whenever you, you think the word politician, the word truthfulness just doesn't pop up right beside it. You know, because, you know, sadly enough, we've, we've experienced it in, in all different facets of life that sometimes people say certain things just to get certain, certain things to go their way, and you find out later there wasn't a lot of truth in it. And so, um, like I say, I'm not bashing any kind of leadership in any, in any certain way. I'm not coming against the government. I'm just saying... That a lot of times that's, who, that's how we equate certain things. Now, truthfulness can only be proven over time. And, and, here, and here's, where you can, here's where you know, like Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Well, how, how, how can he say that? Because he's never changed. The Bible says in Hebrews, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he's never changed, that means that, what he, that he is absolute truth. And so how can, you, how can you say it? Well, when God said in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, or light be, however you want to interpret it, light's still going on today. So that very word he spoke can be considered truth because it's never changed. That very, the very words that he spoke can be considered truth because thousands of years ago when he spoke that, it's still happening to this very day. And so you can understand that when, when someone speaks something, time will tell if it's truth or not because it will never change. The fact that Jesus never changes makes him worthy of your trust. And, and here's what we've what, what got, got to understand also. Facts change, truth doesn't change. And so when you, and, and we've talked about this before, but what, you, what you've got to understand is right now the fact might be that you're not feeling well, but that doesn't, mean, that doesn't change the truth of the matter that he died for your healing. That's right. That doesn't change the fact there's a promise of healing, there's a principle of healing that God has set forth in his word that you can walk in and you can believe for and that you can strive for and that you can, that you can trust him for, but because it's the simply circumstances don't dictate that right now, it doesn't mean that the truth has changed. Because why? We know that with the healing process, eventually you're going to be feeling better. And so it's, it's a matter of understanding that right now, even though you're, the facts might not line up with the truth, that doesn't change the fact that it is, is the truth. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And after making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Now, those, those italicized words, I want, I want to focus on those just for a second. God built and designed the whole universe and formed it by speaking. And so, what that means is, based upon his integrity and his character, the universe is held together. And so if one word God ever spoke ceased to be or became false or changed, or he changed his mind, everything that we know of as around us would fall apart. All of creation would fall apart because it's all built upon the fact that his word is true and his word does not change. If one, if one thing he ever said lacked integrity, then that, that puts a lack of integrity in everything that he said. But we know that God has never lacked integrity. God has never lied. The Bible says God cannot lie. The Bible says that, that he, he's, he's perfect. He's absolute truth. So therefore, we know the entire universe is in, is in a good place because he spoke it into existence, so it's not going to stop till he stops it. So we, we can understand that you know, we, we, get, we get a lot, of, a lot of apocalyptic movies and that kind of stuff going on. Trust me. When God's ready for this world to be changed and Him call us up, we'll, we'll go. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Know that His word has been spoken, His word is true, and nothing can change that because He spoke it and He doesn't lie. That's right. Now, 
Like I just said, everything in existence is built upon the character of God himself. And we just quote, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it, and will he not do it? Has he spoken it, and will he not fulfill it? So you can understand that when it comes to placing your trust, there's no better person to place your trust in than God himself, because he's never lied. He's never, he's never one time um, thought, you know what, that's a bad idea, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just start over. No, God has always been truthful. God has always kept to his word, and God has, God's word has never failed or fallen short. So, now when it comes to truth, you know, not combating faith, or truth and faith, you know, realizing that they're different. Now when you define faith, this is from the Bible Dictionary, also faith is, a general, is in general the persuasion of the mind that a certain statement is true. So in other words, you have to judge. In order, for you to, in order for you to have faith in something, you have to judge in your mind. You have to, you have to consider it true and begin to establish a belief on that. So for faith to be built in your mind, for faith to be built in your life, for you to be able to operate on something, it, it, all, it all goes back to the veracity or the truthfulness of what was spoken. Its primary idea is trust. A thing is true and therefore worthy of trust. It's a conviction based upon what you've heard. A system of beliefs, of belief, of beliefs that affect the way you act. And of course, as we talked about a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning, our pastor t- taught us on it, it's belief unto action. So whereas as trust is something that you, that you establish your faith in, you can you trust God, you establish your faith on the truth, it involves you trusting Him, it comes back to the faith is what brings you to action. So when you, when you believe it enough, it'll change the way you act. You can say that you have faith in God, but if you, if you leave church on Sunday and go out and act like a hellion on Monday... It's kind of hard to say that you have faith in God because if you really have faith, if you really believe it, it's going to change the way you act. If you really, if you really believe that God's going to come through, you're not going to worry. If you really believe that God, that, that God has healed you, you're going, to be, you're going to begin to walk in faith and you're going to begin to experience His healing power in your life. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to condemn or belittle you. If, if, you're, if you're believing for healing, keep on believing. God, God, God is a God of faithfulness. God, but at the same time, be listening to His voice and He will direct you to certain doctors sometimes. Sometimes He'll direct you down certain paths and He'll give you wisdom on how to obtain that healing that you might not get from a person. But always, 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 always allow your faith in, in the principles of God to dictate the way you act toward, towards those situations. Faith is rooted in trust. Romans 10, 14 through 17 says, How will then will they call on Him who... How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to fear hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Okay, so all that, all that saying is this. Your job as a believer is to present truth to people. So if someone's going to have faith in God, they've got to be presented with the truth. They've got to be presented with, with God in the, in the truest form so they can establish a proper belief in him to receive salvation. So that, that, that's, that's really what I'm saying. You know, how can, they, how can they call them? They've got to have something to believe in, so you've got to give them something to believe. Let's go on. It says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But, have they not all, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So consequently, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And keep in mind, it says, it says here, and we're going to hit on this a little, bit, a little bit, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So the real issue when it comes to salvation is forming beliefs. And, and we've, we've got to understand, and this is, this is kind of like faith 101, but you, the, the, the holy old faith is faith is what you believe. Faith is a conviction like we read based on what you've heard. So at some point, you've taken something in as true, and you accept it in faith. Because you can have faith in, in things that are ungodly just like you have faith in God. It's whatever you believe in is what's going to happen to you. And so we've got to, we've got to understand that faith 
Faith is established upon something that you've, that you've, that you've adopted as true. So if you've adopted the fact that um, you're going to be sick and say sick is true, guess what? You're going to be sick and say sick, and it's going to be true in your life. So that fact will not change because you've, you've adopted the wrong sense of uh, something is true. Now, when you lead, them to, when you lead someone to, to a relationship with Christ, you're asking them to trust them with, with their life. And so basically, basically what you're saying is you're presenting, you, you come in and you're presenting them the gospel, you're presenting them Jesus, and you're saying, you need to trust someone that you've never met. You need to trust someone that, I'm telling you about, you need to form a belief in them so they will trust God with their entire life, with their entire eternity. You know, you're asking quite a bit. You know, when you ask, when you ask, some of us have been born again so long that we forget that, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just, in our mind, it's just, it's done, it's taken care of. You know, God is, God is who we walk with, God is who we love. And so, but we forget sometimes that when you're asking someone to believe, when you're asking someone to accept Him, you're asking them to trust them with their entire existence, with their entire eternity, forever. It's a pretty big deal. You know, I, I think, you know, we, we as believers many times take for granted the fact that, you know, we've known God so long that we, we take for granted the, the weight and the enormity of the decision that we're trying to get them to walk into. And, I, and, and partly because we know the enormity of it, we want them to make that decision, but we've got to understand that this, this is a life-altering deal, you know, and we hope that they accept it, but we've got to, they've, they've got to see the truth so that they can, they can be convinced in the fact that, like I said, they're trying to, you're trying to convince them of the truth that God loves them. And so like Romans 2.4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead men to, rep- meant to, lead to repentance? And so here's, here's where we get off sometimes. Because we're having some trouble, we're not trying to convince them of the love of God. We're trying to, we're trying to sometimes we, we, we don't, we fail to fall so we try to scare them into heaven. We don't want to go to hell. You know, what we're doing is saying, well, of course it's an obvious choice. Do you want to burn for eternity? Do you want, or do you want to go to heaven? Well, any numbskull can make that choice. It's, it's pretty, pretty simple. But what we do is we use, we use a fear-based tactic to try and scare someone into heaven when fear is not what you need to be, be building someone's relationship with Christ on. We need to be built, in, and, or, we, or we, go the other, we go the other way with it, and we say, you know what, if you get saved, God will take care of all your problems, and everything will be easy and good. You know, if you bought into that one, and then you get saved two weeks later, you're like, okay, so easy and good thing really hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting for it. You know, but we need to sell them on the fact that, that, that Jesus died for them, that Jesus loves them, that, that there's an unending reckless love that, is, that has been poured out for them that they, that they can walk in. So most people who get saved through these tactics end up falling away because they weren't saved into his love. They were scared away from hell or bribed into heaven. We do not get reborn into a place, into one place or away from another. We get reborn into him. And so this, this leads to misplaced trust and therefore broken faith. And so people will say, well, can, you know, it leads to the whole one saved always. Say, well, can I fall away? Well, you probably, if you got scared into heaven, you probably didn't really believe in the first place. You're just trying to take the better of both evils. You know, that's, that's not the heaven's evil. Don't go there. It's just a saying. Now, here's, here's the kicker, though. When they experience hell on earth or the bed of roses they were promised doesn't come to fruition, they don't see you as, they don't see you as the one who broke, who broke their trust. They see God as the one who broke their trust. So we've got to make sure that we've we got to understand that when we, when we present this glorious gospel to somebody, we're always presenting it from the fact that God loves them. God is, God, Jesus died for them. Jesus paid for their, for their salvation so they can live in eternity with him. And he wants a constant and never-ending relationship with, with them in their life. We've got to make sure that we're presenting it from the love side, not just trying to put another um, tally mark up that another person we brought to church and we got saved. You know, we've got, we got to make sure they're experiencing that in, 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 the, in the proper way. Now Galatians 5 verse 6 in the Passion Translation says, and I love the, I love the way this reads, when you're, 
when you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, I love that, when you're placed into the anointed one, in other words, that's not just getting out of hell, that's you're, you're now one with, with your Savior, and joined in him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. So don't try to save them into works. And, and I, I, I love when, uh, a few weeks ago when, when, when Matt Spears came and he, and, he, and he spoke to us here, he did a couple of days with us at, at a little leadership um, conference we had upstairs. Um, he, he, he told us something that has stuck with me. What you, what you win them through is what you win them to. So if you win somebody, or quote-unquote, win somebody through fear, that's what you win them to. So they're going to have a fear-based relationship with God. Living and, and not doing things a certain way or the other. Doing, doing works and not doing works and not doing things. And, and they're going to have a life of rules and obligations that they live by. And their Christian life is going to be miserable because they're f- afraid that God's going to be mad at them. And um, maybe just send them back to hell where they, sp- they should have gone in the first place. You know? And so we, we've got to make sure that what we win them, what we win them through is what we win them to. So when you win them through the love of God, and a lot of times that comes more by acting than preaching. Amen? When you win them through the love of God, that's what you win them to. So they, they build a relationship based upon the fact that God loves them and not that, they got, not that they're scared of hell. Or vice versa. When you win them through a bribe saying, okay, you know, God is going to take care of all your problems. And, and yes, he wants to take care of it. But, but he never said that it wouldn't it would be easy. He said that he walked through, walked through those problems with you. When you win them in a proper way, knowing that, okay, now I'm not saying that life's going to just change overnight, but say, look, if you'll if you'll accept, he will you will never he will never leave you. He'll walk you through every situation you ever go through. He'll be right by your side. He'll be that friend that you need. And you win them through the love and through a relationship. That's what they're going to stay hooked into whenever time, whenever times get uneasy, because you know they always do. So now here, here's where here's where things begin to change and twist. All that matters now is the living is living in the faith that is activated and brought brought to perfection by love. You know, we usually read it, faith works through love. But see, I love how it says that, that faith is acted, activated by love. And so, in order for someone to receive Christ, they've got to experience the love of God in their life. And it will activate their faith and their belief, and they'll put their trust in Him, and they'll receive Him as their Lord and Savior. It's, 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 it, re- it really is that simple. They've got to have an encounter with the love of God, and that will, that will, that will spark a trust in their life, and they'll put their faith in Him and, and receive Him as their Lord and Savior. Now, Here's where, here's where a lot of us end up in our lives, though. Placing faith in someone you don't trust. Many people claim to be born again or saved, but they have an issue with trusting Him. Okay? So, here's basically what a lot happens. You know, if you're holding on to something that you're, you're afraid to give over to Him, or you're afraid to let go of, you're pretty much saying, okay, God, I'll trust you with my eternal soul and my salvation forever and ever and ever, but I can't give you this financial problem. You know, what, how, do you, how, do you, how do those even compare? I mean, you've received an eternity in heaven, or you say you believe that, that he has rescued you from, 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 from the life that you were in. He, he transformed you, and he made you a new creation. But you can't handle my marriage problem. Really? I mean, this, but this, how, this is how a lot of us live. This is where a lot of us end up sometimes. We've got to come to a place where we understand that, you know, if you can trust him with salvation, you can trust him with anything. If you can trust him with, with, your, with, your, with life eternal, you can, you can trust him with, just, with, with everything that comes along. But... Now, here, here's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you're, that, you're, that your salvation is no good because you don't trust Him with something. What I am saying is, like our pastor taught us on Sunday, that we've all experienced, if we're here, we've pretty much experienced the gospel of salvation. But we've not moved into the gospel of the kingdom yet. And, and that's, that's, where this, that's where this goes. We've got to understand that the Bible tells us how to walk out this salvation, how to walk out this life uh, and experience Him in a, in a greater way. 
And we'll, we'll get that in a second. But, so if you can trust him with your eternal salvation, you can trust him with your finances, your marriage, your family, your career, your calling, your health. All that, all that, is, all that is possible. You can trust him with all those things, and we know that. There's so many times we don't, and, and here's why. Let's read real quick in Hebrews 7. It says, Consequently, he's able to save to the uttermost. I, I love that phrase. Those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, uttermost implies that there are different levels of salvation that you can experience. Now, God's not holding anything back from you. Now, I'm not saying that some of us get saved better than others. What I'm saying is that if you can be saved to the uttermost, and some of us are just being, you know, we've not moved much on besides being born again, then there's some other things that we can obtain. There's a greater, a greater experience of salvation that we can walk in. So we can experience salvation in a greater way simply because we learn to go past just simply being born again and actually walking out this salvation that God has given us. So what we, what we, what we never forget is that you cannot trust someone you don't know. And this is, this is where it really comes down to it. If you don't trust him with your finances, you haven't really known him in that area. Now, you know him in salvation. You trust him with salvation because at one point, you, you, the Holy Spirit convicted your life and you said, I, I, need, I need him in my life because I'm, I'm, I'm a filthy sinner and I, I'm not going to experience life eternal unless I turn it over to him. So you've experienced, you've known, you've known him in that way. You've, you've, you've met him in, in that sense. But you've got to come to a place where you know him beyond that. And so, we must, it's possible to know him as Savior but not as healer, provider, teacher, counselor. I mean, you can, you, you can know them in different aspects, and, and that's why you, you see some people that they, they, can believe, they can believe for anybody to be healed and, and see it happen. Why? Because they've experienced him, they've encountered him, and they've, they've met his power in that way. But it comes over here, and they may, they may be broke as a joke. Well, the same God that heals wants, wants to provide too. But just because we haven't established faith in that area means that we're not experiencing God the way we should in that area. So we've got to, we've got to understand what you know... You know, which, the way you know him is how, is how you're going to experience him, how, you're gonna, how your faith is going to be built. Now, if your relationship with him stops growing after you become born again, you'll not be experiencing the saved of the uttermost that this verse is talking about. And so trust is only built through a relationship. And so it comes to where, God, I can trust you with my finances. God, I can trust you with my health. God, I can trust you with my kids. Praise the Lord. I got one driving now. God, you can, you can I mean, there's, there, you, can, you, can tr- you can trust him. You know, and, and he wants you to trust him. And you don't have to sit at home at night worrying and, and fretting because, you know, they haven't texted you in the last five minutes. Now, um, you know, speaking from experience, sorry. Now, how do you get to that place? How do you get to that place to where you move, you move into a place of trusting him so that you can build faith in an area? Colossians 1, Colossians 1 or 2 verse 6 in, a, in the Passion says, In the same way you received Jesus our Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith. Progressing further into your own union with Him. I love that. Progressing further in. In other words, never stop trying to know Him. Never stop getting to know Him better. Just, just like in your marriage, if you stop trying to know your spouse, in a few years you're not going to know your spouse. It's just really something special when your kids get involved. You've got you've to you've get to that place where you never stop pursuing Him. You never stop making that relationship better. You never stop learning more about Him. You never stop really releasing things to Him and allowing Him to, to, to be in your life in that way. And so, let's go back to Romans chapter 10. How do you... How do you Build faith. Well, faith comes by hearing. And so what happens is you've got you've to stop. The same way you got born again, you accepted, the, you accepted what you were told as truth, and you established a belief on that. Okay, well, he saved, he saved me, and that was true. So all right, he, said I can, he said I can walk in healing, so I've got to be, begin to get to know him in the area of healing. I've got to begin to build a relationship in that way. And so the same way, by hearing, you, you begin to take in 
you begin to get in the word about healing. You begin to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about healing and, and I walk you in that. Or you begin to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about, about your finances. You begin to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about your kids. You begin to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about your marriage. You begin to let him speak to you and you get to know him in those areas. Not just the area of salvation. Not just the area of being born again. We, we, and so, and like I say, in the same way you receive Jesus is the same way you receive his promises. By grace through faith. By grace through faith. It's the, the same way. Now, the reason why so many believers fail to have a strong faith is because they fail to place a priority on the relationship with Him. Your faith is only going to be as strong as your relationship with Jesus. It's, I mean, you, you, you can't trust Him when you don't know. So, if you're not obtaining it in a certain way, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, once again, don't take this as, as critical, but at some point, if you didn't obtain something that you, that you thought, you'd have, thought you'd have, the, the problem's not on His end. I'm, and I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to make light of a situation maybe you walk through. The problem, is not on, on, the problem is not with him. The problem is in the receiving area. So how do you receive something? How do you, well, you receive it by faith. Well, how do you get faith? You've got to put trust in what he said. You've got to put trust in that promise. But the trust doesn't come by just, by just having a, a, a preacher on a, on a Sunday or a Wednesday tell you something. And you say, oh, that's good. God said that. I guess I can believe it. No. That's building something on their faith, not yours. You've got to establish your own faith. You've got to begin to receive that word. Just like we can't be saved for you, or the person who led you to the Lord can't be saved for you, they had to lead you to the Lord, you, you need to begin to take in, you need to begin to let him lead you into the blessings that and the promise that he's got, so that you can begin to walk in those as well. But just same, it's got to come by, by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You've got to begin to establish that, 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 that principle, that, that's not just for salvation, that principle is all about, sal- uh, that principle about salvation entirely, not just being born again. <laughs> just like you became convinced that he loved you enough to die for you, you must go through a grow. You must through a growing and active relationship come to a place where you trust in Him in your everyday life. And now, by allowing Him to convince you of His will and other aspects of your life, you will develop faith in those same areas. Romans eight thirty two says, "He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will we not? How will He not also with Him graciously give us all things?" And I, I, I love you know. God said, "Because my love's not just spiritual; it's practical." And so many times we, we put this, we put this over, over, when it comes to faith, we put this overly weighty spiritual, con, spiritual connotation on it. You've got to be some super spiritual giant to have faith. No, you have, you have faith to be born again. So you don't got to be some spirit. You're not a spirit. You're not born again in a spiritual giant. At least I wasn't. Maybe you were. Maybe you're special. But, but we've got, we got to understand that we've, we've got to come to a place to where you just simply got to place faith in. If you, if you can believe it, you can receive it. It's, it's, really, it's really that simple. And it's, 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 not, and it's not a matter of, of preaching a, just a, a, a hyper-faith message. It's like, this is the way Jesus set it up. Jesus said, go find a fish and get the coins out of his mouth so we can pay the tax. That's bizarre. But he believed. He knew it was there. He knew God would provide, so that's what he did. You know, this is where, but, but what kind of relationship did Jesus have with his father? He talked to him every day. You know, he, he talked to him in front of people. He talked to him by himself. He had a relationship where he could trust him in everything. We, you, you can't trust someone, like I said, that you don't know. And so you've got to know them in every facet, not just in, your born, not just in, the, in the sense of being born again or recreated. And so the truth is that the greatest benefit of salvation is the fact that we can be in a relationship with Him. You know, we, and this is where it comes back to how we win someone. We've got we've, we've to we've always emphasize relationship. We've got to always emphasize the fact that, you know, the greatest benefit of our salvation is the fact that we get to walk through life with our Savior. We get, we, get to, we get to have conversations with the God of the universe. We get, we, get, we get to experience his power and his anointing and his grace and his mercy and his love every day 
And this is the God that thousands of years ago said, light be and it's still being. I mean, we, we, we understand that the biggest benefit of salvation, whether we ever received a healing, whether we ever received a, um, a, um, any kind of blessing or not, is the fact that we can say that we know the God of all gods. That's the single greatest benefit. And when we stop, when we neglect a relationship, we're going to begin to experience a lack in the other, in, in the other areas. Why? Because we, we fail to know him the way we should. Just like I said, referred to marriage, marriage a little bit ago, when you fail to, you know, um, work on a marriage and maintain a marriage relationship, you begin to experience lack of benefits in that area, whatever, the, whatever you consider those benefits to be. Um, but make sure that you go to, a, go to a place where you're constantly pursuing that relationship. And through this relationship, you'll learn that his salvation encompasses victory in every area of our life. And as your relationship grows, it grows in strength. So does your trust, and therefore your faith. And, now, and here, here's, here's where I think where a lot of people kind of get tripped up in, in some ways. Um, you've got to learn to trust his voice, not just the words you read on the page. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't think that I'm saying that I'm placing any less value on this word, but you've got to understand that the apostles... When they spread the, the, Bible, the, the word around the world, they didn't have Bibles. So you can't say they were going to let say because they didn't have a Bible. But you've got to, but what, how were they led? They were led by, by his voice. They were led by his spirit. We've got to get to a place to where we understand this is our guide and this will teach us a whole lot about the heart of God. And, and it's, it's a love letter from, from him to us and everything he put in there is, is, is truly stated. But we've got, to, we've got to understand that this is to, is to be a guide. This is not to be our relationship. This will tell you how to walk out a life with him, but it doesn't walk out the life with him for you. And so, I mean, if that was the case, you just carry this in your pocket all day long. Now we've got it on cell phones, it makes it really easy. Well, I got Jesus right in my pocket. No, you don't. You've got, you've got, to, have a, you've got to have a relationship with him, and it, and it comes through understanding what this says about him and letting this form, form and build truth in your life, but the relationship comes through you constantly having a conversation with him on a daily basis. It comes, it comes to you saying, you know, understanding that, okay, the Bible says pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean stay on your knees and, and light incense and do weird stuff all day long so that you can be in the presence of God. No, that means that you are in a constant, constant knowledge, constant awareness, constant place where, where he is able to speak to you, where you're constantly cognizant of, of who he is in your life so that he can speak into your life and he can tell you things. And on a whim and on a whisper, you say, okay, God, I hear you. Why? Because he's that close. He wants to, he wants to walk that way with you. And so we've got to learn to trust his voice just as much as we trust the words we see on a page. And through these words on the page, they'll introduce you to you and show you, show you how he feels, show, he, show you how he loves. But you've got to understand that these words just show you that. They don't do that for you. Now the Bible says the word is living and active, and that's because you apply your faith to it and it makes your faith living and active. But you've got to, you've got to come to a place to where you understand that this is not your relationship with God. Your personal life and your walk with him is your relationship with him. And so, like John 10, 4 says, when he has brought brought out all his own he goes before them and his sheep follow him for they know his voice where many people fall short in this area is trusting his voice their relationship consists of trying to obey the rules of the bible and nothing more and see that's that's where a lot of people say man i don't know if this christian thing is really worth it i try to do what the bible says well quit trying to do what this says so much and start talking to him he's never gonna tell you to do something that goes against this now if you hear a voice that says go next door and punch somebody in the face yeah that's not God where, where does that say that in here you know that's why we have this as our guide but now we've got to we've got to understand that this will show you how to walk with him Jesus never intended for the Bible to be the only means by which he speaks to you and this is where we said a little bit ago remember faith comes by hearing 
I'm waiting. Talk. No, that's, 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 that's ludicrous. But when he takes this and, and brings revelation to it, and you're reading this, and he goes, hey, stop right there for a second. Let me show you something. He begins to speak to you through this word. He begins to speak to you and show you something. And you go, oh, that's what it's like to hear from God. And then you go to work, and somebody's having a deal with issue, and you go, you know, I just read this this morning. And now you know why, because he was speaking to you, because he knew there would be a need come up. And, and, and that's just how easy the relationship with God, with, with God really is. God is faithful to his spoken word, not just his written word. So, you know, you can put as much confidence when you know you've heard God. And, if, and this, is, this, this, comes to, this, this is so true when it comes to, you know, people that say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Or when they, they well, I think I heard God in this. Well, don't think you heard God. When you know you've heard God, you can put the same amount of faith in what you heard as what you read on the page. But you've got to know that it was him speaking to you, and it comes through a relationship with him and understanding his voice. Do we mess up? Do we miss here? Yeah, we, we do all the time. It's part of being people, but um, we, we mess up in our natural earth relationships too. That don't mean you end the relationship. That just means you apologize and go on. Same thing, when, whenever you think you heard, maybe you, maybe you misheard. Well, that's not going to come to an end just because you misheard him one time. Just get it right the next time. It's, it's, really, it's really that simple. Now, with, with a pop, properly maintained relationship, we can have faith just as much in the words that he speaks as in the words that he wrote. I'm going to put a little bow on it with this, and then the worship team can begin to come. Trust rests, and faith acts. And so, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews that we, enter, we need to enter into a place of rest. Well, you say, well, if I'm resting all the time, then how am I going to do anything? No, when you put your trust in a promise, you can rest assured in the fact that that promise will come to pass through life if you continue to walk, walk God the way you're supposed to. God, God is not short-handed. God is not short-armed. He's not, he's not going to withhold any promise from you that he promised you. He's going he's to provide for you. He's going to make sure everything that he promised comes to pass in your life. But you've got to rest in that. You've got to have confidence in that. You've got to trust the fact that what he said is true. And then when he tells you to act based upon that promise, that's where faith comes in. You still have faith and you do it. So you've got to remember that trust rests while faith acts. Trusting in him leads you to experience greater peace and rest. Greater peace and rest allows you to... God's going to speak to you and reveal himself to you in a greater measure. Now, how could Jesus, in the middle of a storm, get up and, and tell, it to, tell it to be quiet and be still? Because he didn't let the circumstances around him interrupt the any relationship that he had with God. So when you enter that place of peace and rest, it will allow him to reveal himself in a greater measure because you're focusing on his voice. Greater revelation brings greater faith. And greater faith leads to greater acts and exploits of power. And so it all, it all comes back to on who you establish your trust. I want to I close with this example. Most all of us have probably been on a plane ride before. If you've been on one that goes overseas, you'll never forget it. But the, the, the thing I want to think is, the minute you get on a plane, you don't know how that plane is going to get from where you're at to where it's got to go. But you don't constantly go up to the pilot and go, you sure you're doing right? You sure this is right? I don't know if I can trust you or not. You know where you're going? Well, he wants to get there just as bad as you do. Yeah. You know, but... Well, sometimes we're that way with God. We don't, we don't trust Him to take us where we want to go because we don't know where we're, where we're supposed to be going necessarily. We don't know where the pilot's going to take you on the way to where you're going, but you trust Him to get you there. You don't know what that plane's got to fly over. You don't know what plane's got to fly through. But you know that you can trust Him because He's trained and because He knows where He's going that He's going to get you to that place. So you're not constantly knocking on the back of the cockpit door going, hey, you sure you're doing right? You sure this is right? No. He comes on at the beginning says we're going to land at this time and you expect to land at that time. When God speaks to you, he says, okay, here's where we're going. Expect to be there at that time. Now, you may go through some turbulence on the way. There may, there may be, some, be some storms. You may have a delayed departure. You know, you may, have, you may land a little bit later than what you want to, but, it, but at the same time, you never stop trusting the pilot. 
It's the same, it's the same thing when it, when, it, when it comes to your walk with God. If God said, to go, if God said he's going to get you there, he's going to get you there. Never, never doubt. Never, never stop trusting him. Now, you may, it may not go the way you expect. You may go to Dallas through McKinney instead of through Greenville. I don't know. But the, the, the thing you've got to understand is, just because it doesn't necessarily go the way you expect or as easy as you want it to, doesn't mean he's not still flying the plane. Doesn't mean he's not still guiding you, but you've got to continue to put your trust in what he said. Trust him because he's trust, trustworthy. Trust him because any, something, one word he's, he's said has never fallen to the ground void. We've got, we've got to stay in that place where we keep our trust in him because that's when we're going to see our faith begin to grow and obtain those things that we need to obtain. If y'all would stand with me tonight.